Another chapter begins in the Texas Attorney General's intra-party war as he levies a legal challenge against three top Republican judges. And it's a windy day out there as warm air funnels into the region when the warmest temperatures arrive in first warning weather. As a Texas community grapples with the murder of an 11-year-old girl, an arrest brings a tragic betrayal to light. Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton is challenging three conservative judges on the state's highest criminal courts. He's trying to shake up the Court of Criminal Appeals after they ruled the Texas Constitution prohibits the AG from prosecuting criminal charges. Our Ryan Chandler spoke with two Republicans Paxton is targeting and shares what's at stake. Sharon Keller has led Texas's highest criminal court for 24 years. In her hands is literally life and death. If any big death penalty case or any case that's been in the news, it's probably been in our court. In her nearly three decades on the court, she's drawn a reputation as a tough-on-crime conservative, a strong supporter of the death penalty. I've always been criticized, if anything, for being too conservative. But not enough for the conservative attorney general. Ken Paxton and his wing of the party are rallying against Keller and two other Republican women on the court. It stems from an opinion back in 2021, where the court ruled eight to one that the attorney general does not have the authority to prosecute election law violations. The court found the Texas Constitution reserves that power for district attorneys. Since 1836, the attorney general has never had the duty to initiate criminal prosecutions. It seems that our attorney general is angry at us because we were not partisan political activist judges uh, on his behalf. The conflict going national. Donald Trump Jr. wrote on Monday, Texas is under attack by activist judges like Sharon Keller, Michelle Slaughter, and Barbara Hervey, who have stripped AG Ken Paxton of his authority to prosecute election fraud. Texas politics are not local anymore. These are national fights, and that can be pretty influential. There are gonna be a lot of people who are paying attention to this race who otherwise weren't, and that's the kind of place in politics where as an incumbent, you're gonna be pretty nervous. The incumbents say the campaign is all misinformation, hoping their conservative credentials will carry them back to the bench. That is uh, more, more misinformation. Of course, we didn't strip the AG of his authority anyway. The Constitution did it. Ryan Chandler, KXAN News. And we did reach out to the candidates running to replace the judges featured in this story. They have not yet responded to our requests for an interview. Now remember, early voting runs until March 1st and election day is March 5th. Going in depth, new polling from the Texas Politics Project at UT Austin asked voters if the Texas House was justified in impeaching Paxton. Nearly half of participants in the poll said yes, the House was justified. Just over 20% said no, and 30% didn't have an opinion. Out of 49% who voted yes, 74% identified as liberal, 36% independent, and 28% conservative. The turnout was opposite for those who voted no, with 37% of them identifying as conservative, 19% independent, and just 7% as liberal. All right, David joining us now as we experience another beautiful, warm February day. <laughs> I know, like you need the sunscreen just to spend yes. a couple minutes outside, right? <laughs> Temperatures are very warm like they were yesterday. Yesterday, check this out, we had lots of low clouds, not the issue 
uh, today. Uh, that, that's this morning, rather. We had the issue with low clouds. Up at Q2 Stadium, it's beautiful with wall-to-wall -wall sunshine on the domain. Indeed, weather cam. We did have some clouds around this morning, but boy, the winds have only picked up as the sky got sunnier later today. 20, 30 mile per hour wind gusts pretty common. This is blowing in that warm air from south to north, pushing the hill country yet again to 80 degree plus temperatures. 81 right now in Lando, a little bit more reasonable for February in Austin, where it's 77. Coming up in your forecast, believe it or not, the warmest weather is still to come. A 5 to 10 degree jump tomorrow. I'll show you your forecast highs, a, a bit of a cool down this weekend, and also when the next chance of rain arrives. David, thanks very much. We have a heartbreaking update now in the death of 11-year-old Audrey Cunningham. A family friend has been charged with capital murder in connection to the girl's death. He's also being held without bond. Investigators found the little girl's body yesterday in a river near Houston, about 15 minutes from her home. Investigators say 42-year-old Don Stephen McDougall was the last person to see Audrey. McDougall lives in a camper on the family's property. Now they say he was supposed to drop the little girl off at the school bus stop like he has in the past, but she never made it. Cell phone data and video surveillance led investigators to connect McDougal to the case. My heart aches with this news, and I express with my deepest sympathies and condolences to everyone who knew, who cared for, and loved Audrey. We promise that you can assure that the district attorney's office will be just as dedicated to this case as every one of these law enforcement officers that are standing behind you to do what is right for Audrey and bring justice to our community. Now, according to authorities, Audrey's body was tied to a large rock underwater when law enforcement found her in the river. Officials say the rope is similar to one investigators saw in McDougal's SUV during a traffic stop two days prior to her death. A court record show McDougal pleaded no contest in 2008 to two counts of enticing a child and was sentenced to two years in prison. The Biden administration is considering immigration policy changes to lessen the number of migrants crossing the border. Now, the possible changes would make it harder for migrants to qualify for asylum and make the deportation process quicker for migrants who don't meet specific criteria. Three U.S. officials with knowledge of the matter said it's unclear if the policies would be proposed through executive order or new federal regulation. Any policies by the Biden administration without aid from Congress will be limited in scope after Congress blocked border security provisions in the National Security Supplemental Bill earlier this month. WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange is waiting to see whether the United Kingdom's highest court will hear his appeal to block his extradition to the United States. A two-day hearing in the case wrapped up earlier today. U.S. prosecutors want to put Assange on trial for 18 counts related to the release of confidential U.S military records. His legal battles began in 2010, you'll remember, and he subsequently spent seven years holed up in Ecuador's embassy in London. In 2019, he was dragged out and jailed for breaching bail conditions. Assange has been held in a maximum security jail in London ever since, with Britain approving his extradition to the U.S. back in 2022. Now, his legal team is trying to overturn that approval, calling the extradition politically motivated. Russian authorities have detained an American ballerina on suspicion of treason. She's accused of raising funds to support Ukraine in the war against Russia. A senior U.S. official confirmed to NBC News that the detained American is Senya Karolina. She's a Russian-American ballerina with dual citizenship. Russian officials said in a statement that since 2022, Karolina has been involved in, quote, providing financial assistance to a foreign state in activities directed against the security of our country. 
The statement added she allegedly collected money that was spent on medicine, equipment, weapons, and ammunition in the Ukrainian war effort. She is accused of treason under the Russian Criminal Code, which is punishable by 12 to 20 years in prison. The White House says it is working to secure consular access. The informant who allegedly fed the FBI false information about Hunter Biden says he got that information from Russian intelligence. Alexander Smirnov faces two counts in connection with lies he allegedly told his FBI handler about the Bidens. That includes the false allegation that the Ukrainian energy company where Hunter Biden was employed paid the Bidens $5 million each. Smirnov's claims were a key part of the Republican impeachment inquiry into President Biden, with GOP leaders repeatedly citing the unverified claims. A major oil spill leads one Caribbean nation to declare a national emergency. How a Texas company is playing a part in the international cleanup effort. Another round of student debt cancellation, saving thousands of borrowers from paying up. The simple way you can find out if you're eligible for relief. And the new supercomputer revealed by an international agency that could change the future of weather forecasting. Well, if you have debt, you might want to check your email. The Biden administration is canceling $1.2 billion in student debt for over 150,000 borrowers under its new repayment plan. This phase of the SAVE plan comes six months earlier than originally planned and will go to almost thousands of borrowers who have been in repayment for a decade or longer and originally took out $12,000 or less. The U.S. Department of Education says eligible borrowers will receive emails from President Biden starting today and do not need to take any further action to receive the relief. The White House said the department will also contact other borrowers next week who are also eligible for early relief but are not enrolled in the SAVE plan. Trinidad and Tobago says it's partnering with U.S. and other international experts to remove the wreckage of a barge that caused a major oil spill. The spill happened two weeks ago in contaminated waters and beaches in the Eastern Caribbean nation. TNT Salvage, a Texas-based company, and QT Environmental of Minnesota will work with local officials to clean up up the spill. Divers are expected to find and plug leaks on the overturned barge while crews deploy an underwater oil detection system. In addition, the government has hired a remote operated vehicle to help with the cleanup. Daniel, we did see some light drizzle this morning from those cloudy skies, but it did not add up to anything measurable. 12 days in a row now since our last measurable rain in Austin. I'll show you a chance of rain in the distant future and also a few temperature swings before then, right after this. Williamson County leaders just returned from a business trip to Korea, and it could help boost business here at home. County leaders met with support industries for the Samsung Semiconductor plant in Taylor. KXAN's Mercedes Hernandez spoke with leaders who say the impact from those businesses in Central Texas is already big. While we were there, we called on 27 companies in total. Dave Porter is the executive director for the Williamson County Economic Development Partnership. He says the U.S. Embassy invited him and other county leaders, along with leaders with the city of Taylor, to speak at a semiconductor trade show last month. They also met with dozens of South Korean businesses to start the framework for a new business ecosystem. We're seeing a lot of activity, just not out of the semiconductor industry, but the automotive, uh, the medical device, the solar. Last year, the county entered a partnership with COTRA, Korea's Department of Commerce. Porter says that's helped leaders branch out to multiple industries. They trust government. And so to have these relationships with government sectors is very important. This week, 
Samsung Austin Semiconductor said its economic impact in the region from 2022 to 2023 doubled to $26.8 billion, in part because of its Taylor campus. In a statement, Taylor Mayor Brant Rydell said the impact in his city has been notable. He said, quote, the cumulative sales and use tax revenue through August 2023 was $23.8 million, a 226% increase compared to that same time from 2021 to 2022. They picked Central Texas because of the connectivity of I-35. Porter says another big business, Hanwha, which produces auto parts, is scoping out the county as well. We're glad and very delighted that they're Hopefully, uh, we'll close that deal. In Williamson County, Mercedes Hernandez, KXAN News. And at a commissioner's court meeting this month, Williamson County Judge Bill Gravel said he signed a partnership agreement with the Korean city of Yongin. He said that city is on track to become the world's largest microchip hub, and the partnership could help support semiconductor industry growth in Williamson County. First warning weather with Chief Meteorologist David Yeomans. Well, it's 517 this evening and clear skies are the rule here across central Texas. This morning, look at that, cloudy skies with some mist and drizzle. They held on in Austin until about 1 or 2 p.m., but those are long gone. Just a few little harmless high clouds drifting in this evening from the northwest. None of them visible here in Fredericksburg, though. It's a beautiful, warm and breezy evening. You can see the trees moving around a bit at the Barrens Creek Vineyards Cam, always live on our website. Fredericksburg at 75. What a perfect afternoon to be outside. North of there, though, again, the warmest weather in the area. 80 in Cherokee, 83 in Richland Springs in the Austin metro. Most of us in the middle and upper 70s. 77 from Austin to Lakeway, 75 in Round Rock and Georgetown. East of I-35, very, very comfortable weather. Not too much humidity in the air and 79 in Bastrop, 74 right now in LaGrange. You can see a few of those harmless high clouds drifting in from the west. The weather pattern has not changed much since yesterday with a big dome of insulating high pressure overhead. This is creating warm dry conditions locally while that western storm we've told you about zips by to the north. Having that storm zip by to the north though will change the weather a little bit tomorrow. So let's dive into it. Here we are this evening with just a few high clouds. After about 10 p.m. though, low clouds start to develop a little bit earlier tonight. Look at the gray skies filling in by 1030 and continuing in many areas overnight. I know the model's a little bit jerky here this evening, but we do have a couple spits of drizzle developing in some areas overnight and through your rush hour commute tomorrow. Mostly cloudy, a little mist to start off the day. But unlike today, look how quickly the clouds clear. By 9, 10 a.m., the sun comes out in Austin. Later in the afternoon, again, a cloudless day. This is a boundary of drier air that's also going to heat things up. Early in the morning, humidity above 90%. That's another misty morning like today. But here comes what's called a dry line. It's kind of like a cold front, but it brings drier, lower humidity air. And look at the humidity plummet tomorrow afternoon. It'll feel like the desert out there, which will make it pleasant, but it also makes the fire danger higher. Moderate risk of wind-driven wildfires in Austin, but a high threat of seeing such things in the hill country. So let's be all be extra careful. No accidental sparks, no cigarette butts. You know the drill. Tonight's forecast, before that dry line arrives, it is very humid. South winds continue with a 10% chance of some drizzle. Temperatures kept at 63. Tomorrow, though, look at the dry west wind. That's a very warm wind for us. 87 in Austin with mostly sunny skies through much of the day. 
We may even approach 90 in parts of the hill country, close to 281. After that, we do have a little dry, cool front coming through tomorrow night. No rain and no significantly cooler air with it. We're still in the 70s Friday and Saturday, back to 80 with breezy winds on Sunday. Next week, we are finishing up February, it looks like, with abnormally warm weather. A little cool front does poke in here next Wednesday with just a 10% chance of rain. The Japanese Meteorological Agency announced it will begin operating a new supercomputer to increase the accuracy of forecasts, specifically of storms that stall or train over the same areas. Those lines of storms often contribute to heavy rainfall and other natural disasters. Combined with another supercomputer that Japan introduced last year, the agency will now have about four times the computing power that it used to. That's a big deal because it will be able to see the atmosphere in HD instead of in blurry chunks like it used to. The more powerful computer will also be able to see further into the future to help forecast lead times, now 18 hours ahead instead of just 10 hours. The new supercomputer will start operations there next month. A mid-air emergency and several weeks of scrutiny leads to a shakeup in leadership at a leading airplane manufacturing company. Right now, our investigation into deadly crashes of the military's Osprey aircraft. Are officials moving too quickly to unground them? Also, the measles outbreak grows at a South Florida school. Are vaccination exemptions fueling it? On Nightly News. In New Mexico, jury selection began today in the trial of the armorer accused of being involved in the fatal shooting on the set of the movie Rust. Hannah Gutierrez-Reed entered a plea of not guilty. She's accused of involuntary manslaughter and tampering with evidence. The prosecution alleges she loaded a live round into the gun that killed Hutchins after she unknowingly brought live ammunition onto the film set. If convicted of involuntary manslaughter, she faces up to 18 months in prison. Actor Alec Baldwin is also facing one count of involuntary manslaughter. He was pointing the prop gun at Hutchins when it discharged. The actor has said he did not pull the trigger and said the assistant director told him the gun was cold, meaning no live ammunition was loaded. Well, today Boeing announced the leader of its 737 MAX program is leaving the company. This comes as the aircraft maker has been plagued by recent issues. In an email to employees, a Boeing executive announced leadership changes that include the departure of Ed Clark, the head of the troubled program. The message also said the move is part of the company's, quote, enhanced focus on ensuring that every airplane it delivers meets or exceeds all quality and safety requirements. Now, Boeing has been in the spotlight since last month when a door plug blew off a 737 MAX 9 midair. All MAX 9s were grounded briefly in the U.S. for inspections as the feds intensified oversight of the company. A man was restrained with duct tape on an American Airlines flight yesterday after passengers say he tried to open an emergency door shortly after takeoff. Dramatic footage shows several passengers restraining the man with some binding his arms and legs to the seat with tape before he was moved to the back of the plane. Passengers say when he was trying to open the exit door, part of it was broken off. American Airlines says the flight was bound for Chicago and had to return to Albuquerque. The plane landed safely where law enforcement waited. Both the FAA and the FBI are investigating the incident. Right, well, coming up tonight on KXAN, it's Chicago Wednesday at 7 o'clock. We have Chicago Med followed by Fire and then PD. And then you can join us back here for KXAN News at 10. You can join us an hour earlier for KXAN News at 9 on CW Austin. And here is where to find us.